0: Welcome back to the iDrinks from Skulls podcast. It's your host, Matt Smith here, and we have a very special guest. With me today, we have the overlord from Ohio, the guy that's made payment processing cool. He's a family man. He's a guy that tracks rates and he loves his
1: mates. Mr. Adam Neese, how are you? (laughs) Good, man. That's a hell of an intro. Holy shit. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me on, dude. Yeah. I I, I had to take a
0: sip from the skull when I pulled that one off, so you know how it goes. Yep. Ah!
1: Let's go. I drink from skulls. Drink from the skulls of my enemies.
0: So how are you, my man? <laughs> For everyone that's watching along and listening... Who is Adam Neese? Nice?
1: Man, that's a good question. You know, I, I was at a, an event like probably three months ago, and this guy was talking about like identity, right? Like a lot of people like to say, oh, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a business owner, whatever the fuck. I'm Adam Neese, nice, and I do a lot of different things. I have a family. My wife and I have been... We're coming up on five years of marriage. We just had our third child um, a week ago, right? Thank you. Yeah. And uh, I... I love my family. I love business. I like to work out and play golf. So I do a lot of that stuff. I'm not really any good at golf, and that's okay. I don't really try to be. I just like to go and stuff. have a good yeah. time, beers. You know? But um, who am I? That's a good question. Adam Neese, that's who I am. I like that.
0: I like that a lot. Yeah. And just for sort of to bring people up to speed, I'd love to talk a bit about you know your business. Um, and or if you if you're okay with it, I'd like to focus on you're, you exited from a business and started again. I saw yes. you did this crazy, awesome post the other day, just really opened up and I'd love you to share a bit more about that.
1: Yeah, so I had, um, I've been in payment processing for nine years and I sold for a big company for five years and then I started a company. And um, for just to keep it simple, I, the, I, it was a partnership that didn't work out, right? Everything's all good. It just, we had different beliefs and, and, uh, goals and, and things yeah. like that. So we parted ways and I decided to restart a brand new payment processing company from scratch. And um, it was painful. There was a, like I mentioned in the post, you know, I was in a lot of debt. I, I went all in on um, a software that I built. Um, I, you know, believe in this concept. It's called rate tracker. It's not really a concept anymore. It's, it's here. A it's a real thing. thing. Yeah. It solves a real problem and it's actually gaining a lot of traction. Like Um, we, we're, it's amazing what we're doing. I'm like very grateful. And it was like a short-term pain that has led to a, an already long-term gain, uh, after 14 months. And I'm just, I'm really grateful for everything. Like it was an awesome experience. I've grown a lot. And, uh, I, I think that those are the kind of moments that define you as a person, as an entrepreneur, they challenge you. And, um, you know, I was literally dead broke. Like I, I had no cash, tons of debt, and I was like, oh, shit, I got to figure something out. And I did, you know, like it still kind of looking back on it. It feels like a blur, like how the we get through all that. And um, it really comes down to like grit, people, a plan, execution, and a little bit of badass luck. Absolutely. (laughs) And
0: it's not like you're a, you know, a single dude, early 20s no no risk, no worry, doesn't work, do something else. You had a family, home, every, yeah. everything. You had every reason that it needed to work, but there must have been a lot of pressure as well.
1: Tons, man. I mean, um, we had a brand new baby boy. That was our second kid at the time. And you know how that is. Like, you have a, you have a family and you have a baby, right? Or well, she's like three sure now, enough. right? Something like, all right, she's getting yeah. there, yeah. So, um we have responsibilities as men, right? One of our things we do is provide for our families typically. And um when that's not there, it it actually affects your identity. Like kind of like what I was talking about yeah. earlier, like cuz that's like one of the ways I used to identify was like I'm a provider, right? Like I provide for my family and you know, I take pride in that. I think we all do, right? As successful Absolutely. entrepreneurs. And and also like anyone that's successful has had those roller coaster moments and I would say that my family yeah, if I was a single dude and I had all that going on, like, it would be probably not – it probably wouldn't have happened as fast because I didn't have yeah. an option. You know, I the only way out was through. And so what I did was I got really, really granular, like, how I spent my time. I did 75 hard. I cut back on a lot of bullshit and wasting time and stuff. I did my things I needed to do to get my business off the ground or, like, relaunch, if you will. And I think a lot of it had to do with the regiment that I'm in. I'm still in it. I, I have designed my life around my yeah. family. Um,
0: I love that. And
1: my business fits into that, right? Best advice I ever got, I was at a mastermind shit. That was like four years ago. This lady who was wildly successful, she said, she looked at me, she's like, you're going to find success in whatever you do, right? And she said, make sure that you don't lose your family in the process. A lot of us do that. Like, we think... Oh, I'm doing this for them and I'm going to build this fucking empire. And yeah, yeah. And then you like, don't spend time with them. And when you're there, you're not yeah. present, you know, like, fuck that. Like, I, I think that that's like the ultimate oxymoron, yeah. if you will. I don't know if there's a better word, but you know, we, my wife and I agreed, okay, it's going to take like about a year to get this thing off the ground again. And that's what it was. Basically, I went back into sales. I sold a shit ton of accounts, serviced them, did all that. We had a team producing, back-end processes going. But it was still a startup, and I, I would do my things. I, I didn't let my family suffer yeah. from that. I would wake up with the family. I would get the kids up, you know, spend time with them, go to work, come home for lunch. I always give my wife an hour. I watch the kids from, like, usually, like, 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock. Um, she goes and works out, usually. Nice. Yep. And, yeah, and then guy go back to work. And then I'm home from five to eight, don't touch my phone. And then I don't really do it anymore because I don't really have to. But usually after like eight o'clock, I'd pick my phone up and respond to people and stuff. But now everything's pretty systemized. And like I only deal with stuff after eight if it's like urgent. And usually it's not. It always can wait. And having that regiment is I can equate it to like when I played college football. And when I always had better grades during the football season, because I didn't have time to fuck yeah. off. It was like the spring semester where, like, oh, it's Tuesday at one o'clock. All right, cool. We got no practice. Let's get hammered, you know? <laughs> Not do schoolwork, you know? And like, but when you have practice and film and meetings and lifts and all your and whatever, like, you, I knew when I could study. I knew when I could do my thing and I had to do that. And it was the same, it's the same concept. And it's a beautiful thing because I don't miss the precious time with my yeah. family and I can still be productive and I can still do the things that we all love to do as men and it's balanced. Like I, the word balance doesn't make sense. I think as an entrepreneur, if you really want it. Um, but it's, I think I have like the closest thing to it that yeah. I know, you know, cause it's just scheduling. Absolutely.
0: That's something, um, yeah. we, we have that so much in common in, in that respect, being very intentional with your time, working to a schedule and actually working to it. Not like, Fucking around, you got your phone, blah blah blah. You know, it's family time, but you're mucking around, sending emails, and you, you're never really in one spot focused on one thing. And I think that's really important for people yeah. to the, the the amount of productivity you can get when you're insanely focused on the one thing at the one time, working to the calendar. You can do so much more than what most people thinks possible, and you, you've done that. So it's really cool you shared.
1: Well, and the cool thing about that too is like you can look back on your week and be like. How did I spend my time? What did I do? Okay, yeah, I had that time blocked. I did that. Like, did I really need to have that call, or should I have sent that person to my team, or should I just have not even done that call? Like, could I have done something better in that hour, that thirty minutes, or whatever? And the the concept of like time blocking in general, it it prevents you from losing that focus, right? We all have these big goals and big dreams, and if we're trying to do a bunch of different things, we got our hands over here doing this over, like. A lot of times we don't like we just kinda like tread water yeah. versus like swimming forward, right? And it can be a killer, yeah. right? It totally can crush every bit of momentum that we think we have. It's
0: like you're in a boat with one paddle just going around in a fucking circle. <laughs>
1: yeah, right.
0: Not drinking from any <laughs> I'm busy, walls. I'm doing stuff. But you're going nowhere.
1: Yeah. Hey, I'd rather be productive than busy Absolutely. all day, right? I think people that uh, like to stay busy, I feel like they just actually hate their family and they don't want to yeah. be with them. Hundred you know? percent. Or or produce anything for them, you know.
0: One thing I i because it's 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 not easy to say. It's 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 an awesome thing to identify and then implement. But a lot of people have the personality, which is my personality, where you're a butterfly chaser. You're looking at all the bright lights. You like the shiny new things. You're talking. You're doing six things at once. So a buddy of mine showed me this concept where I had to track everything I did in 15 minute blocks on an Excel spreadsheet for a month, I think it was. And you had to write down what you did in that 15 minutes. And the number of times that I was trying to do six or seven things at once was insane. But just going through that process, it really started helping me weed out the nonsense and focus on the one thing that and the lovely Mrs. Smith. She gives me a nice little kick up the, you know, where, uh, when I need it, which is what I need too. So
1: Yeah. Right. Everybody needs that. So I'll say two things right now. So shiny object syndrome, I think is what leads to burnout. Like, dude, I've, I've done that. Like I'll never forget. Like in my first year of like being an entrepreneur, I had, I opened four LLCs. One was my company, an online ordering company, a website company, and then my software. Two of those were just complete fucking waste of time. Like why would I want to build websites and do and I you know have a team or whatever to build them or, and and do online ordering. Sure, that was a great thing to offer because we could serve the same merchant. But it's like, dude, I was in my first year of being an entrepreneur. Like, I didn't really have any money. I didn't know what I was doing. And it it's the concept of like trying to do too much for yeah. little return, right? And then so I think a lot of entrepreneurs think like, oh man, it's so easy to make money. And yeah, it is. But like, if you focus on one thing that one thing for, for 10 years or five years or however long you want to do it, that will open the door for so many more things because you have That's momentum, right. you have money you have a team, you can do whatever. I think it's crazy. And like, I, my company is, I technically own two companies. The software sits on its own, the Ray, Ray Tracker Tracking. software sits in its own LLC. And then I have the payments company, which is, it's just separated for like legal yeah. reasons. And dude, like I don't want to do anything else. You know, there's opportunity everywhere, but I'm sitting here like, okay, if I focus for like 10 years, this is a billion dollar exit, right? I want to solve a massive problem, help a lot of people, and have fun doing it. So, like, why the fuck would I try to get into something else that's going to stop me from that main goal that I have in 10 years? Um, and I, that's, I'm passionate about that because I think a lot of people waste their time um, chasing that shiny object. The other thing that you mentioned with time blocking is um, these these things i'm on my phone here in my basement right whatever you want to call it a phone this device right it's how we're communicating it's got everything i could need to make money or to waste time and i have it on do not disturb i've had it on do not disturb for like six months and it's the that's the best fucking thing i ever accidentally did because i mean it's distracting to get text messages coming up top on the banner and calls emails snapchats and all that stuff and it's like if i'm dedicating this time to you why would i want to be notified of like a group chat that i'm in i'm sure i have 15 or 20 fucking texts that come in and i can look at them later but most of everything is not urgent and if you feel like everything is urgent you probably just need to do a better job of systemizing and delegating so that you can stay focused on what you want to do actually do in those time Absolutely. blocks.
0: Yeah, that was something Katie, my wife, um, implemented for me. We turned off all notifications because we'll get, I don't know, 30 messages overnight and whatever how many emails and and everything else and then all the apps, they're dinging. They're they're literally designed to to get dopamine going in your brain so you want more, you look at more, you need the next thing. So we turned them all off. We put two times in the calendar a day where it's to check emails, respond to messages, and it starts to train people. It's actually better for both parties that it's, it's time blocked like that. Hey.
1: Yeah, dude, you're right. So like the first, it was probably like a year into, so let's call it three years ago where I said to my team, customers, whatever, Hey, I'm offline from five o'clock Eastern until eight o'clock Eastern. You can't reach me. My phone sits on my counter or on, on my desk in the office on the charger. And I ain't checking it unless there's like a reason to, which there usually isn't, you know, Nine times out of ten, that thing gets a full charge from five to eight. And so it was definitely something that when I started that, it made me anxious because like, oh yeah, you know, oh, what's going on? Like, does people need do people need things? Like, no, because they can call the team. They can call like there's ways to fix that, you know, like that gets you out of the way as the owner. And it took like six months for people to realize, don't even text me during that time or text me saying, hey, I know you're not going to see this, but can you hit me up later or mm. tomorrow? Yeah. And then what happens is people start to realize, okay, that's when I can access yeah. Adam or that's when I can access Matt. And it puts you in control of your day versus your day in control of 100%. you. percent. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. We're all so distracted and so accessible. There's a dude, Adam McChesney. I know you know Adam, him. yeah, great dude. He's such an amazing guy and he cares about everybody. He wants to help everybody. He always responds so quickly. And I, I asked him one day, I was like, dude, why do you do that? Like, how do you do that? And he goes, man, I just, I'm glued to my phone. And I, you know, and I'm like, yeah, but like you're building a business and you have like a lot of great things happening. Like I'm your friend. I know that, but like, how do you mm-hmm. do that? Cause I'm not the only person that's contacting him. And he actually, that led him to putting his phone on do not disturb. And he hit me up and told me, he's like, dude, thank you for that advice best yeah, life changer we're, we're way too i think it's like a disease where you you know this phone is amazing but it's also like your yeah. worst enemy if you let 100%. it got to control
0: 100 i think that's great for everyone that's sort of listening along it's uh it's a game changer mate i want to circle back so you you went into you went into debt you knew you had something great with payment processing and and the core values Uh, that you live by but you had to start from well you had to start from behind the eight ball what did you do to build that business up under the pressure that you were on
1: oh wow that's a great question so just to put it into perspective so i had let's just call it no money like two grand cash it's like all i had woke up one day and i was like oh fuck (laughs) like you kind of like you're like, if you're dealing with like stressful money situations, you like might not check your bank account. Yeah. <laughs> but That's a n- next year. You know, like, yeah. right. I'll yeah. Get to that later. <laughs> um, and so I remember like laying in bed, it was like seven in the morning and I just, I was like, I should check it. And I looked and it was like, Oh fuck. Like I had a few bank accounts, like $2,000 roughly. And then check my credit score and my credit karma counted it up. I'm like, I got like, 110,000 in short term, like high interest debt, right? I was in the middle of like transitioning, right? And I knew that I was like making the right decision, yeah. right, doing what I needed to do. And it was very humbling, because like for the last six months of the first company, I was able to not really have to sell much, it was like running on its own and we were growing, it was cool, but I went back into sales. And thankfully I've done a good job of building my machine as Ryan Steumann would say, and just, I've been in the business for a while. So a lot of people know who I am and what I do. And I have a lot of business still coming in, right? I, I went and sold those accounts. I did that, built up the revenue. Like, so payment processing is a residual business. 90% of my revenue is residual. We get up, we get upfront bonuses. We have other means of revenue that comes in, but we built in about 11 months we built a seven figure run rate right in terms of like residual money that comes in from our existing clients and we add to it every month That's it's cool beautiful. what i did yeah it's an amazing thing but like when you don't have it and you have expenses it kind of oh, yeah. sucks so i actually when we split i i inherited a lot of the expenses labor the office the crm like stuff. like It was like $28,000 a month. Yeah, man. It sucked. And so I borrowed some money from Adam McChesney actually. What a dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. He, he loaned me some money and he was like, Hey, and actually I just paid him back the last payment, uh, on February 1st. Um, That's so awesome. like a few days ago. Yeah, man, he made some money on that. That's good. And that was like a good bridge. And what I did was I worked a deal out with the owner of the processor that we work with, like majority of our clients go to, and they paid a higher upfront bonus. So like if I sold the deal, the, the business got a bigger, like it was a thousand bucks, right? So I could do, I was averaging like 15 accounts a month, roughly. I was putting money in the bank and I was able to like pay for most of the expenses and then figured out how to cover the rest. Like I like I said, it's a blur. I don't yeah. know how. I could go back into bank statements and look, but um, so I did that, sold. I also like trimmed the fat with we had – I brought on most of the team. That was a lot of the expenses was like the labor. And we systemized everything. Like I, I kind of took a step back and I said, we're going to figure out like wh- how we're, every single person on this team is going to use their time, right? And it was either going to be offensive or defensive. Offensive means you're getting business. You're creating leads wh- wherever we are going to go sell it. Defensive is you're servicing a client, taking care of an admin-related thing, whatever. And the team just did it, man. Like I sold my ass off like – until middle of June and I'll never forget I got home from I signed up like a three location restaurant it's nice account and um I got home instead of going back to the office and I took a nap and my wife was like so happy that I did that because I was just yep. hustling dude I there was no other option and we were still in bleeding money like it wasn't like we started from zero we started from negative 28,000 yeah. so we did that shit got it up get it got it off the ground and we broke even that month too. Was it June? No, it was, it was July because it was from June's – yeah, it was it was July. But I knew that we were going to get there in July from June's production. And now it's been more of like, okay, we've got this team. We're bringing on new sales reps every day. Like we've, we're scaling yeah. now. And, um, I would say that like the main three things that mattered was number one, pure grit. Like I want it. Right, I don't. There's nothing that will stop me from getting my goal like achieved. And the first goal was just put food on the table for my family and be able to survive. That's really easy because it's not like I had an option. Winning was right? breathing to you. Two, yeah. yeah, like Et yeah, says. I love that. Right? you ever see that video? Yeah, I love it. The badass yeah. video. I saw that in college. One of our football coaches showed us that. It was cool. And so I didn't have an option, man. My back was against the wall. The only, only way out yeah. was through. And I really cared about the people that transition with me. I, I told them all, I said, I got you. Like, well, I'll take care of you. We're going to do this. And they, they believed me. I was Venmoing them out of my bank account. Like, cause I didn't even have the LLC yet. Yeah. And not one of them missed the payroll. So wow. like I always say, one of my favorite accomplishments as an entrepreneur is throughout that time, everybody on my team got paid. Never missed awesome. a paycheck. Yeah. It's fucking cool. And then second part of it is the people, right? So I had the right people, people that we on offense and defense. They were aligned. They were excited. And we trimmed it down. We didn't have a bunch of dead weight. It was like the people that were there were productive and they were precise. And then the last part of it is the execution. Like we need clients. That's it. So, you know, everybody went out and did it. And everybody kind of fed the the company's uh, – residual cash flow and now we're all benefiting from it and it's we're still we still feel like we say this all the time we feel like we're just getting started so yeah those are like the three things like it's the the determination or the grit the people and the execution
0: absolutely you shared plenty of good stuff there mate i want to dig in a little bit deeper and i want to i'm going to ask you about the bym build your machine because not everyone will know what that means I also want to sort of touch on to the un, untrained or uneducated person in regard to payment processing. They're like, oh yeah, it's, it's all about rates. It's, <laughs> oh fuck, I got PayPal, I got Stripe. I got, what? what why, why would I choose Adam? Like, so there's two parts to that question and they kind of lead in together. I'd love you to share a bit about that.
1: So building your machine, that's a concept that basically any person can decide they want to do this. And it's basically like leveraging, creating power versus force, as Mr. Stuman says, building up your social media following, posting on your page every day, getting on podcasts like this, or writing a book, or making your own podcast, or drinking from skulls like you do. Um, when you do that, it creates awareness about your product. And I think that that's the most important thing for anyone in sales or anyone starting a business, typically the people that start businesses, they, they were, they came from sales, right? Like I sold payment processing. And then I was like, well, fuck, I want to do this myself. And then I started my own company. That was it. Right. And I had the leads, Apex, Ryan Steumann's network and his, his mastermind gave me the confidence and the network and the know-how of like how to make the leap and start my own company. And I wish I did it sooner. You know, I was scared as hell doing it, but Um, which I'm sure you were too. Everybody is like when they make that decision, but it's like one of those things where you put yourself through that short-term pain for the long-term gain and make the leap and trust in yourself and all those cute little cliche one-liners. But when you build your machine, you create an audience and people that buy from you, they trust you. They know you like a lot of people. When they hear payment processing, they think rate tracker, they think Adam Neese. And that's cool. I built that over. I've been doing this for four years. I have not missed a day. Since January of 2019, of posting from my personal page on Facebook, and I stick with that. I, that's my favorite platform because I like to read and I like to write. And there's just a lot of people that either they hit me up and say, "Hey, I need an account," or "Hey, my friend needs an account." You know, connect them. And then it's a beautiful thing when you have like those leads coming in because as a salesperson, that's really what I was when I restarted. I was a yeah. salesperson running business in the back end. You know, you need leads, you need opportunities, and if you don't have them what are you gonna do? That's sales one oh one and it's like what are you gonna do? Go knock on doors? Right? That works for roofers, but it doesn't work for no. my business. I mean it, it can it sucks. You know, you you might get like one or two opportunities in like a whole day of door knocking and that sucks. So that's the build your machine. Build up the awareness, create your own opportunities, become like your unstoppable force with your own audience that you can sell stuff to, whatever it is. And then, why would somebody pick us over Stripe? Yeah, like what? So
0: you just post? I I kind of know, but I'm I'm sharing this for um for everyone that's watching. Do you just share shit about payment processing or how's that work?
1: Yeah, like a lot of it's uh, educational, add value. There's situations where people should use Stripe or PayPal or Square. Like those are the biggest yeah. companies. Like, well, that they're very well known. They're not the biggest, but they like. Most people think, oh, I'll just sign up with Square because I need a little mobile reader or I have a website, I'll use Stripe or I just want something simple, I'll use Mm. PayPal. Those companies do a great job serving their niche. The biggest challenge that they have is risk mitigation. And like the reason why you wouldn't, you wouldn't work with them if you're, two things, if you're doing more than 10 grand a month, you probably should use a direct processor. That's what we are. Or if you really plan to scale because you need a team behind that to manage your money. And you need a like the risk to be mitigated on your account, because if it's not and you ramp up your sales, you have a great week because you release a new offer or you um, are just growing your business. They're going to hold your money and be like, well, sorry, we'll release it in 90 days or 180 days. And that doesn't happen with us because we know the risk. We understand the business and everybody has next day funding for the most part. If there is an issue with funding, it's because of two things. Fraud or like a ridiculously big transaction, you know, a $180,000 sale. We had that happen like a couple weeks ago. One of our clients, they were approved to do $30,000 sales and they ran one for 180 because they had a really big order. They sell dental yeah, supplies right. and they were like, the money got froze on a Friday and it was in their bank account on, on Monday because we got them in, we got the processor invoices and a purchase agreement and bank statements They had like a million dollars in cash in their bank account and they could support the risk of that transaction. So the processor was like, all right, yeah, we'll dump it in there. And um, I was proud of that because I wasn't even involved. My team handled it. But that's the stuff we do. And, you know, we refer people to Stripe and Square and and PayPal because sometimes it's the best fit, you know. But if you really want to scale and if you really want to like have a team behind your your mission – that will manage your money. We're the, we're the company for that.
0: I have experience in this space. So I got started with PayPal just because it was I needed something to process overseas. I see what what I'm yep. about to talk about is what I see in Facebook groups all the time, and I want to get people to think about what would happen if you've, let's say, you, you know, you're, you're doing well, you've processed 40, 50, 70k, and it gets stopped, it gets held, and 90 days is that that's fairly standard. It can be. 30 60 uh, 90 uh, yeah depending.
1: N- usually it's 90 or 180 it really depends on the situation so like if it's if it's because a bunch of people are disputing transactions saying it's fraud or they didn't get what they paid for or like this person's a ripoff like it's probably it could be longer yeah. but if it's like if it's big money ramped up quickly it's usually like 90 days be- just because it buffers their potential losses because here's what happens if they if I'm a business and I run a hundred thousand dollar transaction, and that money gets deposited into my account, my bank account, and I, I spend yeah. it, and the customer that paid me a hundred k disputes it, if I don't have a hundred thousand in my bank account, the processor's on the yeah. hook. Stripe's on, PayPal, Square, they're the ones that have to eat that cost because it's got to come from somewhere, and they're really great with onboarding and integrations. Like you said, I just needed something that would do international payments and it's simple. You probably got signed up in like yeah. 10 minutes, right? And your business has grown, right? And if you had challenges with it, it's like PayPal is going to freeze it and they don't care. You'll have email support to deal with, which that works for them because they process billions of dollars, probably a yeah. hundred billions of, you know, and they don't give a shit. No offense. I mean, I think you're a great guy, but PayPal no. doesn't give a shit about you. And that's you. what
0: I want to get people to think about.
1: What happens <laughs> if
0: I, I was... I? I was lucky. I've never had. I've never had a disputed transaction. It will happen. It's it's a law of averages. It will happen. But I've seen so many people. Yeah, they've get fifty. They get twenty, forty, fifty k locked up. They've still got to pay their team. Imagine the scenario where you were in. You had twenty eight grand in ongoing expenses. Imagine if the money didn't get in. The business would be done. I've seen it so many times, and it's never. It's not talked about much. And I think that's some of the massive value that you provide. Is that you can you you add so much value to your clients in that respect? Is that fair? You, you deal, Dude, you pick I, up the pieces. I've seen it so many times; it's not talked about enough. That's why I wanted to bring it up.
1: Well, shit, I'll talk about yeah. it some more. Um, <laughs> thank you, because it's actually, I mean, so like, I the, everybody says like, oh, why do you love payment processing so much? And it's because I love small business and I love entrepreneurship and I love like I love watching a family business run feed their family, serve the community, keep the money local, right? And it's it's like processing is risky and it's necessary. It's like you say it's a necessary evil. But, dude, like there's so many flaws with how it flows yeah. now. And I'll be the first to tell you that, like, it's got to be reformed, yeah. right? It, like, that's why I think crypto is, like, probably going to totally put me out of business in, like, 15 years. Maybe not totally. It's such a big industry and I don't think it's going to, like, stop, what I'm doing. It'll slow us down. It'll cut into our, our revenue, but it's a big world out there. I never, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. I've never thought about the concept of like, what if we didn't get paid? The money comes straight. We, our revenue comes straight from our processors. So like they pay us because it's easy to do that. Like there's no risk there. At least there's a little bit of risk. I mean, we're not going to, yeah, but it's, I didn't Mm. think about that. That's really, you brought that up. And it makes me think even more of like, wow, like that's a real problem. I say I talk about it from like the sales side because, like you know, I want to help people, I want to grow my business, I want to make money, and all that shit. But you don't really like. I've never experienced that. Yeah. You know, I have a couple merchant accounts because we take payments for stuff, but like we've never had an issue because yeah. <laughs> we have good absolutely. <laughs> but <laughs> like, that's an interesting thought, dude. And I see you get because you'll get
0: you'll get tagged in. It's the biggest risk no one talks about, and it's it's only something you would focus on when it happens to you. But that is the big risk with with a PayPal, a Stripe that that I know of. We have a US bank account. We use Stripe. I can't wait till we can get our stuff to sync with you. And it's for that reason. Imagine, like, how are you going to support your team? How are you going to keep running your business if a big, big amount goes held for a while, you know?
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny you say, like, I've never had a chargeback. like. A lot of people that do what you do, all the fake marketers, they have chargebacks all the time because they deliver shit or they, they take money and they don't deliver anything or they suck. And like, I'm not surprised. I figured you have a really clean account or clean accounts, but ultimately, yeah, like I'm sure your business would be fine if you had a, had a money freeze for like a little bit. Cause you could, you could easily adapt. Yeah. Like you're smart, been in business, but like picture like the guy who's six months into his business and is using Stripe doesn't know what to do. Like, it most people start with those companies because it's yeah. easy. That's why the companies scaled and they're beautiful. Like I, I've studied those companies and I'm like, dude, I want to do that. I want to create that same type of mm-hmm. empire. Stripe. I saw this thing online. Stripe is worth ninety five billion dollars.
0: We got to get a draw from them.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm sure they would too. <laughs> you know, they might freeze. Them. <laughs> There's a documentary called six lines of code or I think it's seven lines of code. They changed the industry with seven lines of code and that I'm getting real nerdy on you, but they made it easy to work with get signed up immediately and then be able to process right away. And they do w- really good with developers, software developers, website developers, people that like can put the pieces into the place so that a business can yeah. take a payment strategy. And that's how the Collison brothers became multi-billionaires and in 13 years, They they built that empire, and in our software, we have the same type of functionality inside of the rate tracker software, where you can sign up, you can track your rate, you can off get offered a rate, you can lock that rate in, and then you can start processing payments within ten or fifteen minutes. The difference we perform like a secondary underwriting. Yeah, you can start moving your money, and most of the time it's good. We're still gonna reach out to you and be like, hey, can you provide us bank statements, or hey. We're here to support you if you need anything. Because, like, the reason why Stripe gets away with that type of onboarding is because most of the time it's good volume, you know? Most of the time you're not having people getting hit with chargebacks and fraud and stuff, but it happens. They play the macro game, and I still think that there's a – There's a niche that you can like better serve somebody just because of that, like with the people behind it, you know? Yeah. So. I love that. Shameless plug. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) I got an off topic question for you. Are you really seven foot tall? I've been telling people you are. Seven and a half,
1: actually. (laughs) Yep. I was going to ask you something. (laughs) Hit me. Um, Do you really own Australia, the island?
0: Uh, Only for internet purposes. In in reality, uh, no, I do not, but... A lot of people in America might think that I do.
1: I th- I thought you did. I'm kind of disappointed. <laughs> I've I've staked a claim. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it a Commonwealth? What is it like? Is it a country? A continent? Um, like, it- yeah, it's
0: it's so it's a it's Commonwealth. So we are are technically under like the British, but they signed away all this all the rights and stuff that they have to do with Australia, other than a figurehead sort of thing. 20 years ago or something?
1: Was it really? 20 years something ago? Like
0: wow. I wouldn't listen to them anyway. British or Aussie? I don't yeah, care. No,
1: they're very ugly. <laughs> my, uh, my wife actually, so it's cool about our story. We dated for a year in high school and then we broke up for uh, a little bit over six years. And when we were apart, she lived in Australia for a yeah, year. Wow. She was an au pair in some place and then went to the Gold Coast and then Brisbane.
0: That's um, where I grew up.
1: And I told her that. Oh, yeah. really? She was like, she was like, "Where is he from?" And I was like, "I don't know. He owns the <laughs> island. Where the fuck he wants?" To go. <laughs> and she, uh, she said, "It's incredible there. I've never been there. When our kids are like a little bit older, if you'll let us stay on your island, we'll come out there." Definitely, we do have a
0: little. We <laughs> I bought um, my wife and I uh, bought ten acres, and it backs into this little bush reserve, mountainy type thing. So we stand up high and and yell at people, and sometimes they listen. So you're more than welcome to come here.
1: Nice that's just like your business right you yell at people yeah sometimes i listen you get (laughs) and you get roofers leads right yeah (laughs) dude i'll never forget one time i was like it was when we were apart so i learned the art of following up when i was because my wife dumped me like i she had the upper hand for six years and i was just kind of like waiting for her to come back and i was and like i'll say that like i'm open about everything right she Uh, We both dated other people. We had like our like college experience or whatever. And she sent me this video of these two kangaroos. I'll send it to you. It's probably buried somewhere in my emails. Two kangaroos (laughs) fighting. I was like, holy shit. It was like by sunset, like right by the water. It was really awesome. And uh, she, I'll never forget. She like emailed that to me. And I was like, she loves me. She's coming back. (laughs) (laughs) uh, That's like my only memory of Australia.
0: but. And how did you win her back over? How did you close the deal? The uh, ultimate deal,
1: dude. I, I I hit her up every day, and um, I actually like the secret was I stayed very close with her family. Yeah. It's very creepy. I this house that I'm in right ethically now, we bought it For my mother, we'll
0: just put the context there.
1: Yeah, ethically, and uh, yeah, and we like. So we grew up in the same. Yeah. Oh yeah, I knew what I wanted. I knew what I wanted the night yeah. I met her, when I was 18. I was 18 years old. Yeah, that was 13 years. Ago. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. And so we were from the same town. And so we dated like it was like a year, right? And then families got close. It was cool. And then we, I went to college and it just it wasn't, you know, it's hard to do that when you're apart. And um, I used to hang out with her dad all the time. Yeah. And i come over, and drink beer with him and shoot the shit. And then he passed away. We got back together, married, had a baby. And then like he passed away, shit, coming up on three yeah. years ago, March 7th. 2020, and so um, my mother and we bought this house from my mother in law, and so we live here. It's really cool, and I think that just I showed her, hey, I'm never gonna stop contacting you. I love you, basically, <laughs> and um, yeah, and my my uh, befriending, not befriending, but staying close with her family. I knew that that was like the the backdoor mm. entry, you know, and so I learned how to follow up before I even got into sales. And, uh right, I called the damn leads. I messaged her on Facebook. That was my <laughs> <end of it. laughs> That's awesome. That's
0: something else that you've done yeah. really well is you you actually share good, the good, the bad, the ugly, all the experiences, the stories you've mentioned today. I've, I've read about because you put that out there. Is that part of how you've made yeah. payment processing cool in your way?
1: Yeah, I think that uh, we're all human. We all have the same... Uh, DNA and the makeup and like there's no reason to try to like be something you're not you know like I'm sitting here telling you I have a seven-figure business and I built it with a team and in like 11 months I'll show you bank statements I don't have anything to fucking hide right anything illegal I am proud of that actually but I'm also I think that like there's there's a lot of how do I say this like we all think like oh I need to like prop myself up and be better than I am and it's like why That's bullshit. like, yeah, fuck that. And like, there's a book called The Gain in the Gap. Have you yeah. heard of it? So I urge any entrepreneur to read that book. It's incredible. And it's like, we all live in this like, oh, man, like one day I'll have this or I'm gonna ramp up to that and I'm growing. And the author basically says, that's the worst mindset to be in because you'll never yeah. be happy. Look back and like measure backwards you know i want to have an eight figure business right i'm at seven right now We'll we'll hit eight figures in 2024 but like i'm living the dream right now you know i'm sitting in the basement here at my home where and there's toys in here now there we go yeah we got a balance beam for my daughter and my son and there used to be a couch over there where my wife and i would come down here and we'd make out you know back in high school don't tell my in-law <laughs> my mother-in-law <laughs> uh, and like I, I think that it's just best to be real like there's no like the social media world and the marketers and all the fucking gurus like they like to put on this show and it's like yo we're real yeah. people you know show.
0: and unfortunately that the, the bs show that they put on makes other people look and compare themselves and do stupid shit because of what they think other people are doing and you, you'd see it More than anyone with all the accounts you handle, what money's actually coming in? Um, I can normally figure it out by just talking to them, and they, you know, they don't know shit about tax. They're they're not at the level that they're claiming to be. But yeah, you you would see that quite a bit. Yeah,
1: and it's it's cool because like I am very grateful. Like I've always been a money guy, and not money numbers. And I was I was an economics major, right? So I like I understand like you know the theories that are totally just a bunch of bullshit i can break economics down into like one sentence right people manage scarce resources the best way they think they can (laughs) that's that's
0: There you go. we got a
1: degree today that's awesome yeah right you know i'll sign it later (laughs) fax it to me right do they have a fax in australia maybe okay (laughs) let me know and uh so like finances and money and payments right that tells the story of a business of a person like are they growing are they dying like what what are they doing right how are they positioned like it's all like phases it's all like where you're at now and i'll tell you what there's a lot of people that say like oh i do i did this in 30 days and scaled to 12 billion in in an hour because they want people to pay them right that's the reason and it's like there's an audience for everyone i say right there's an audio. If you started a business and you were able to be successful in it for like a year, even, and you did six figures by yourself, maybe with like an admin or two or like whatever, that's great. There's a ton of people that are sitting there. They have a job that they want to get out of it, and you might not. You didn't take home six figures. If you did, if they say you did two hundred thousand dollars in revenue, that's great. It's a good start, and you might have taken home like eighty or. T- 60 or whatever the fuck. Maybe you lost money. I don't know. But you you took the leap that was required to get out of that comfortable like nine to five with benefits. And there's a ton of people that would yeah. want that. There's a ton of people that would want to grow their six figure business to seven. I don't want to coach. I'm like, that's not what I want to do. But I'm sure that people would hire me yeah. for that because I've done the seven. The, the, I've done the scratch to seven. Right. And I would hire somebody. I have hired somebody that's at eight because I want to get there. And so what I'm saying is that it's better to just be authentic and be yourself. And that's how we do our business too, right? That's how I am as a person. I've always been that way. And um, my favorite core value uh, besides family first is the long game. So um, long game means that like you're real with yourself, you're real with your people, you take care of yourself, you cultivate relationships, you only burn the right bridges that you need to burn and you maintain the ones that you want to keep. And if you fuck around with, lying it always catches 100%. up to you I've learned that back in the day like i I learned that back way back in the day and I I just choose to be honest and ethical and transparent and um it's the best way to do 100%. business Adam you've yeah.
0: been great today mate uh any final words before we wrap up
1: no man I mean I, I I think this was awesome i'm I'm like fired up right now it's almost nine it's nine o'clock my time and i I want to go for a run instead of go to bed <laughs> but the uh, <laughs> I think that you're an incredible dude, and I'm inspired by you and what you've built. I appreciate built. that. I think that you're one of the funniest people I've ever met that I didn't ma- meet, yeah. actually. And uh, I'm just
0: grateful that you had me on here, man. Thank you. Thanks for saying that, mate. And it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, where can people find you?
1: So, I'm on Instagram, Payments Dude. Or you can just look me up on Facebook, Adam niece N as in Nancy, I-E-C as in Caterpillar. Beautiful. Or you can go to our website, www.raytracker.io. There you go. Well, my man, it's time to wrap up.
0: Uh, Thank you very much. And for the viewers and subscribers, look out for the next episode. Cheers.